Welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am your host, Heather Hansen O'Neill. I'm excited to be back with you again today. Uh, today's quote is by Stephen King. You can... You should, and if you're brave enough to start, you will. Love that one. And I also love our guest today. Laura Gray is the founder and executive director of iPride, a self-esteem empowerment program for youth, which she created in 2015. She's a published author, and her story is in the recently released Amazon bestseller, Mayhem to Miracles. And her next book, The Angel Experience, is scheduled to come out in April. And a, she's a living kidney donor and a fervent advocate for sexual assault victims, is a proud mother of three sons and three dogs. I mean, I could go on about her, but I'd rather bring her on here to start the conversation. Laura, how are you today? Hello, and good morning to my friend, Heather. I am absolutely fabulous. Thank you for asking. I know you are. No matter what's going on in the world, you're always fabulous, right? Um, you know what? It's a choice, and but it's a conscious choice. I'm not saying it's an easy choice, but it is a conscious choice choice. Literally, when I wake up in the morning, I have a, a friend recently gave me um, a gratitude rock. And I reach for that. And I hold it in my hands and just start to say things I'm grateful for before I get out of bed. And it, it, it truly is a choice. And um, I'm grateful for this conversation, Heather. Oh, I am as well. And you know, I, I love that because it is a choice and it's a choice. Sometimes we have to make multiple times throughout the oh, day, right? I, I love it. Now you have a very um, interesting journey. How about you give us a little bit of background before I dive into any questions? Yeah. Um, interesting. Thank you for shedding positive light on my journey. <laughs> <laughs> really great way to put it. Um, yeah, I grew up in Northeast Ohio, um, where I'm currently living, but I, I grew up here and uh, the youngest of eight children. Um, I have five sisters and two brothers and, you know, a large Catholic family. I uh, went away. I was the only of my siblings that was able to go and chose to go away to college. And uh, upon graduation from college, shortly after I moved out to California by myself, and uh, was there for a couple of years and my mother's health uh, had declined somewhat. So I took a position in Rochester, New York and uh, eventually moved back to Cleveland where I met my now former, I don't like to say the word ex-husband or ex-whatever. I feel like that cancels somebody out as an individual. So I refer is my former husband and uh, you know, we, do have a good relationship as well. However, um, met him, ended up staying in Cleveland. I do have three sons, as you said, and then that litter grew to include three dogs. So <laughs> um, my background is nonprofit manufacturing, professional services. Um, I've worked in uh, sales, marketing, communications, uh, human resources. It's, it's, it's in a way I've lived many, many lives within my one life. And that I'm like, so grateful for that. It, it's just like, I kind of, in my own way, define variety. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, 
you know, I think it's, it's great to, you know, people sometimes have this expectation that you have to stay and do this one thing for such a long time, but that's not the way the reality of the world is right now for anyone, let alone the people like you and I who like to have a little bit more variety and capitalize on different experiences. And so I think there's a lot of power in that. Um, now you did also, you know, have some massive challenges in your life that have helped to define you, but I think it's really what you did with them that defines you, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. And what a, what, what a way to put that. Thank you for framing it that way. Um, so as a child, as I stated, I was the youngest uh, of eight children and, uh, be- for many years, uh, under the age of six, I had been repeatedly sexually abused uh, by um, a family friend who was a Catholic priest and, uh, you know, ended up in the hospital at the age of six. Um, During that trauma, the repeated trauma over the years, you know, he repeatedly said, you know, if you tell anyone, I will kill you and I'll kill your mother. Hmm. So you realize just how young that is. Uh, So I, yeah, I was, had a ton of fear instilled in me uh, in addition to pain. So when I was released from the hospital, they had in those times, excuse me, determined that I was allergic to bubble bath. So as a six-year-old child, I made the decision, well, if they didn't figure it out, I'm not telling them. So I, did not share what happened to me until the age of 32. Wow. Yep. Carry that with you in, in all of yep. your experiences. How that's a heavy burden. How were you able to keep moving forward? Well, you know what? And, and, and good choice of words on that one. I believe I was moving forward subconsciously. So he didn't find me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I, well, I, I had, I was bulimic. I was a cutter. I, you know, I, I would say I, I drank excessively. I never did drugs. Um, but there was, you know, promiscuity. There was just, if you were to look at me, you know, let's say now I feel like we're a little more aware, et cetera, et cetera. And I think you would look at me and go, Hmm, something's not right there. You know, cause there was this definitely a pattern of self-destruction in a way, Um, and so I, I did, I just kept moving and, you know, I moved to California by myself, but, oh, by the way, that wasn't enough. When I lived in California, I moved three times. I mean, nobody even likes to move. I get to California, I'm in San Diego and I moved three times and I moved to Rochester. Guess what? I moved three times there. And it just, I I always felt in my head, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. And, and that is a very difficult and exhaustive way to live. So I I think in a way that did catch up with me Um, upon the birth of my first son. I do have three upon upon the birth of my first son. uh, Like I said, I was uh, about 32 shortly after he was born. And it was like, it, it just came out. I couldn't, I couldn't bear the weight anymore um, and you pile on shame with that. I mean, geez, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I let it out and I refer to it often as, um, you know, we, we call them pop where you live. They may say soda. Mm-hmm. I refer like a 
big plastic pop bottle that everybody's familiar with that had been shook and shook and shook for years. And then at the age of 32, that cap popped off and it it just all came out and it kept coming out. And in many ways today, it's still coming out, but in the form of a positive, empowering message. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is incredible. I'm wondering if you have looking at you now and how you're able to, to shift that and find the empowering message. Is there any advice that you would give to your younger self? Um, you know, uh, I, I just would, I would love my younger self probably more than I did, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I believe there's that for everyone, but I would love my younger self more than I did. Um, and I, I think, I, I don't know if I would actually say anything. And I'm saying that in, in a weird way, because everything I went through and I didn't overcome things. See, this is also me. This is, I'm a writer. So I, I have the semantics where I didn't overcome it. I work through it because if you overcome something, I feel like you're in a way jumping over it in a way, this is me. So mm-hmm. guess what? It's probably going to come back in some form and you're going to go, Oh, here it goes again. So, you know, I worked through a number of things, but eventually ultimately leading to the, the woman I am today. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a multifaceted, incredibly strong, stronger. I mean, every day I'm like, Oh, I can't believe I went through that. And I'm not talking about my childhood. I'm talking about even stuff right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, I, to my younger self, I would just, just love that self harder than I ever did. Mm. You know, when you said, I wouldn't say any words, I immediately got this vision of you hugging your Mm. younger self, like embracing and just fully loving yourself. That's, that's great. The, the other, like kind of the image I felt was just standing nearby, knowing that I'm supporting you and you can do it. You Mm. know what it reminds me of when I, I played softball as a kid and, uh, sometimes they'd call me into pitch and I was like, Oh no, you know, and, and mom would then stand behind like the home plate area, like outside the fence, but just, and she like, you can do it. She just had this look on her face. So I think that's the vision I would have towards my younger self as well. And, and, you know, it just strikes me going back to being a presence that you can trust because I'm very curious as to how you were able after what happened to you to regain trust of people. Um, that's boy, what a great question, Heather. I, I think it, it, you know, what's weird is that I didn't almost not trust people. I trusted too easily. Uh-huh. Uh, because no boundaries. Mm-hmm. I had, boundaries you know the abuse started when I was three years old so the developmental stages of learning boundaries uh, your brain developing etc I mean my mine was smashed it was just Mm -hmm. smashed I trusted everybody okay so that's number one the flip side of that is where I was continually disappointed because I kept expecting somebody to be who I thought they were 
But the mirror image of that is that as a child, I kept expecting somebody to save me and help me and nobody did. So there was such a pattern where I had no trust because I had no boundaries. So, oh, by the way, I kept getting disappointed. And so those were lessons, hard lessons that actually recognized as patterns Mm -hmm. and dove deeper into myself and said, okay, self, how are we going to work this out? Mm -hmm. And you were able to come to terms with that and move forward in such an amazing way where you make an impact on everyone around you Um, as a writer. And I I love this, um, this program that you, that I bride with self-esteem and empowerment program for youth. I have a passion for serving youth as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. I tried, um, the words came to my head in 2011. And I remember I was waiting in a dark parking lot for my son to come out of basketball. And the words I tried came into my head. And I'm like, well, I don't know what that's all about, but it's going to have to sit still for a while. <laughs> I was in the process of going through a divorce. Uh, it needed to find a job, etc. So a few years later, I was a little more, uh, I was in a better place. And I thought, I pride. And from there, it just kind of took off. Uh, it's workshop-based. There's mm-hmm. I write with a W uh, as in writing. Mm-hmm. There's an I write and there's an I pride fit. Um, they are, you know, two, like just basic self-esteem, mindfulness, stretching, yoga, creative writing, creative expression for kids. And I've worked with as young as four, which... I have learned uh, is too young. Uh, they're great kids, but you get them for like five, 10 minutes and they're like, okay, can we do something else? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That the hour workshop doesn't work so well. Um, and I through uh, college age, uh, I would say if you, you could use the word sweet spot, I would say middle school mm-hmm. uh, would have uh, done a lot of work with those uh, students. And, you know, the program has been well-received by a number of teachers, administrators, um, boys and girls clubs, youth leadership programs. And, um, you know, I was in the juvenile detention center in our county for three and a half years uh, working with those kids. And that was truly a situation where I learned every bit of much, every, every bit as much, if not more from them as they learned from me. That was a gift. That was a gift. Wow. I bet that was amazing. Mm -hmm. So Laura, what inspires you? Uh, Nature. Mm. Nature inspires me as I, you know, I, I, I do what I can to officially hike every day. If it's not a hike, it's a walk, or it's at least just allowing myself time to be outside. Um, view, viewing just the true natural beauty that I think in many ways we take for granted and the, the, the love that it, it gives to us and it, it changes with the seasons and it creates and it's just, I just look at it and I'm like, yeah, I can do that. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. so connected, you know, to trees in particular. Wow. You know, I, I, 
completely feel you. My my morning beach walks just set up my day for success because I just feel so completely connected and creative in that atmosphere. Uh, yeah. that's, that's awesome. So do you think that you have a legacy? And if so, what is it? Um, I view my legacy and I hope my legacy to be my heart. And uh, I, I have tried to instill a giving, loving, sensitive heart in my sons for number one. And number two, um, I pride, which actually will be evolving to a program called Agape Woods. Uh, so meaning unconditional love. And uh, I will be part of that curriculum. I view that program to eventually be global. And will it be Laura Gray? No, because it has nothing to do with me. I just happen to be the vehicle mm -hmm. and the spirit and the vessel to get this information and this type of positivity out to the kids. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, and when, when you have something bigger than you like that, that comes through you, it's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful to, to see that. Now it must take though a fair amount of self-care to be able to continue to serve and to give. So is there anything that you recommend for people out there or what you do? Sure. I, and, and, and like you said, I can speak for what works for me, um, is that I am outdoors every day. Yes. I've walked in the rain. I'm in Ohio. I have had, you know, icicles stuck to my eyelash. <laughs> I have pictures to prove that. Yeah. Um, just, but, and you know what, if I feel cold, what a blessing that I feel, what uh -huh. a blessing that I feel. So I just view it that way. And it kind of humbles me nurtures my spirit. Um, the other uh, way for me is writing, just writing and getting it out. And, you know, some people are like, well, that's because you're a writer. It's easy for you to say. It's like, no, any, just, just let it flow. Let it flow. It doesn't have to make sense because sometimes the most beautiful things that have been written initially made no sense at all, but mm -hmm. now they're classics. So I would say those two things, just kind of being out and connected outdoors, whatever that means. And, you know, in some form of right. Oh, actually, you know, the other thing I got to tell you, I color a lot. I, I have a color. I have a coloring book next to my bed. And a good friend also bought me a box of 64, 64. I mean, I never had 64 crayons growing up. So I am... <laughs> so jacked when I look over and I'm like, oh yeah, those are my crayons. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I color every night and it, it actually is a calming activity. So mm -hmm. there are people that'll scroll through or watch the news and I'm like, how can you go to bed with that in your spirits? What I do is color. Oh, what a, what a great solution. I'm with you. No news right before bed. It's nightmare inspiring. Um, but, but I, you know, I, I want to go back to your recommendation about writing and reiterate what you said is that you don't have to be a writer to write. I, I think that so many people can gain insight and 
you know, clarity just by journaling and, you know, writing could be simply an end of day gratitude list. It doesn't matter. Um, so I, I love that one as well. And I just want people to recognize that they don't have to have an expectation that it's going to turn into the next classic novel. It's, it's, it's very cathartic. Correct. As long, you know, at first, you know, I would view it like as a chore, like, oh, I got a journal. Now it's like, hmm, and it just flows out of me. And I'm so grateful. Sometimes it's three sentences. Sometimes it's three pages. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. We're not getting. Speaking of your writing, would you like to share with us anything about the angel experience? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, I don't even, I'm so grateful uh, to Beauty and the Beast Publishing. They are uh, releasing the book April 11th, and it is a book I'm in uh, collaboration with another amazing writer, poet, author, A.M. Foster, and uh, it's a collection of our poetry, uh, some of my pictures, as I say, I hike and I take pictures and I'm blessed with some of the pictures that I end up being witness to because then I'm like, oh, I took that. So yeah. um, the angel experience itself uh, was something that happened to me during a nighttime hike on December 4th, 2021. And it inspired the title piece as well as uh, the other poetry. Wow. That is so cool. We'll definitely make sure to put a a link to that into the show notes for everyone. So do you have, what's next? What's next for Laura? I mean, do you have specific goals and dreams that you want to accomplish? Um, you know, uh, great question. I've, I've never been one to go, Hmm, well in the next five years, it's kind of like for me, Heather, all right. In the next five minutes, when Heather, (laughs) with this conversation I need to let the dogs out but um I just am really living and and again this was not always Laura Gray it's like oh yeah she's one of those that makes it sound so easy blah, blah, blah. no 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 this is work but it's fun work it's it's really living the moment really living in the moment my goals and dreams um evolve around I pride and agape woods uh and getting that messaging out to the youth beyond that I am really present in this moment. I hope to do some writing later and just connect with friends every day. What a gift though, you know, and, and it's a hard earned gift. We, you know, when I say gift, it seems as if it just came to you, right? I'm sure that it took some time to get to that place where you're able to stay present. But I mean, it's what you hear all the time. It's what I strive for is just to keep coming back. When I, when I think about something I wish I had done differently in the past, or I think about, I worry about something that may never come to pass in the future. I keep pulling myself back to this present moment because that's where peace resides for me. And so I'm just wondering, did it, you said it did or didn't come easily for you? Oh, oh no. Well, especially, you know, I had the childhood excessive, Mm -hmm. extreme childhood trauma. And, you know, after the age of six, I literally started to pack on. I mean, I packed in my head, I packed on my head, I packed in my head. So yeah, my brain was full. It was like a luggage situation where you show up at the gate and they're like, hmm, you're a bit heavy. You need to empty something out of this bag. Yeah. So over the years where I've been unpacking, 
And uh, part of the unpacking is, interestingly enough, it forces you to be present. So if you're cleaning out your closet, you can't be in the garage. You need to be in your closet. So it forced me to be present. Um, and, and I know people, you know, if you've ever, I've only golfed twice and those are two memorable things. Um, but I remember somebody saying to me, you keep lifting your head. And I kept going, I'm not, I'm not. And the funny thing was, I'm sure I was because they were watching. <laughs> but it's kind of like when somebody go, well, you need to live in the moment. I'm like, I am, I am. But I never really was. Uh-huh. So living in the moment kind of coincides with becoming more self-aware. And over the years, you know, with, with the trauma and the unpacking and really focusing inward because the, you know, the Wayne Dyer, the journey to um, the door to your journey opens inward. And, and I just have all really, uh, really felt strong about that. Mm. That is a passion point for me because I think that, um, with so much distraction in the world, so much pain in the world, um, that the last two years, the silver lining is that it it has forced people to go within and mm-hmm. to look at, at at you know the small things, the gifts, to become more aware of themselves and how they show up in the world and what they really want. Um, and I and I do see that as a, a very positive silver lining to the, the situations in the world. So you know I would love for you to share how people can reach you. Um, if there are any specific links you want to send them to any resources. Uh, yeah, sure. I am on LinkedIn, uh, Laura Gray, G R A Y. Also, um, they can connect with me through my website of ipride.net. So it's www.ipride.net. And um, I just, you know, appreciate anyone reaching out and or they reach out to me through you and uh, share some thoughts on our conversation or perhaps want to share something about their journey as well. I love that. I love when my guests are open, open to the conversation, because that that ability to go that step deeper is so very important. And we're, we're coming to the end of our show. So let's take a moment here and just sit with everything that you've shared with us. It's been so incredible. And, you know, you're such a, um, an inspiration. Do you have any final parting words of wisdom, something that our listeners can take away and either think differently about or take action on? Um, I think it's more, more being still and less taking action. Mm. I feel like always been driven to got to have an action plan, got to have a plan, got to do this. And sometimes I think people need to know or should know it's okay to be still. Mm. I love it. I love it. It is not only okay. It is where you, you reconnect with self and we're coming full circle, aren't we? Yes, yes, yes. We always do. Laura, you're amazing. Please keep doing what you're doing. Keep sharing your messages and um, keep writing, keep, you know, 
It's getting your voice out there in the world. And for those of you who are listening, don't worry, we will have the links on how to reach Laura in the show notes. You can find them there. Um, if you love the show or you, you think you know someone who would be well served to hear Laura's message, please share this with them. Leave us a review. We always love those. Thank you for the recent ones that we've received. We appreciate you. And Laura, thank you again. Thank you so much, Heather.